You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, I'm concluding the Sticks and Stones message series today, so I'm excited about that, and especially because uh, the, the last one, how many of y'all know the, the last installment is always the best, right? Down the first. Sometimes the ones in the middle. They're all good, right? <laughs> Amen. All right. So what I, what I want to bring to you today is, of course, the Word of God, but a revolutionary concept that is very personal to me um, and, and me and my family, me and my wife, but just the things that we've been through. Um, see, uh, I'm a recovered heroin addict, cocaine, all in between, all the, all the drugs, all the dope. And, and it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that I've been clean for seven years. Amen? But a revolutionary concept amidst all that, amidst all the sobriety, amidst everything, is this idea that I'm going to bring to you today. And it's, it's about remaining. And see, uh, see Jesus taught some, some, some really crazy things. And, and one of the last things that, that he said before he went to the cross, there was a lot, but one of his last teachings was found in John chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there now. John chapter 15. And see, there's power in these words. That's a series that, that we've been going through. Sticks and stones. You know, the power of words can either, either make or break you. They can encourage or they can, they can bring you down. And, and, and words are very powerful. And, and especially if we adhere to the words of Jesus, they have power in our lives if, 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 if we allow them to have power in our lives. Amen? So, you know, I was at the store the other day and Publix. And, you know, my kids, I take, I take my kids in there, and all three of them are like, Daddy, get that. Get that. No, come on, get that. And they bring something up to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to make it out of here alive. Man, I'm going to go broke before the time I get out of here. You know, I, I get, sometimes I get to the register, and something magically appears in my cart. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Where'd that come from? You got to ask, you know. Yeah, so, so they got me this time, okay? They got me. They got me. That's right, they got me. Halloween's coming up. You know, they got all the bells and whistles at the store. So they're pointing to this popcorn, right? And there's this, there's this popcorn, right? And I only need eat, eat non-GMO uh, popcorn because we're healthy people, you know? So it's non-GMO popcorn. They point to it. And I'm like, yeah, now you're talking my language, kids, you know? And I go over there, right? And so it's this orange bag of popcorn I've never seen before in my whole entire life. And so I read it, and it's candy corn popcorn, you can say amen to that, right? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, man, this is trouble because last time oh, got a hold of some of that popcorn that had that chocolate drizzle on it, that was trouble too. So I already knew what time it was, right? So I'm like, yeah, we'll get that. I put one in the car, right? Bring it home, right? Can't wait to bust it open. Uh, you know, my wife comes in the door about the same time, and I'm like, check this out, <laughs> right? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know? So we busted that sucker open. And I, my whole family's, like, tearing apart this little medium-sized bag of popcorn, right? And, and like, I, I couldn't stop. I, I'm like, I held it up to Robin. I'm like, you got to take this away from me. Get, it, get it away. Go, go. Get out of here. You know, the kids, are, they're tearing it up. Yeah, they ate most of it, by the way. <laughs> but see, <laughs> see, I, I suddenly became a popcorn addict, like, in, like, Point thirty seconds, just like that, you know? And, uh, yeah. So here, here's the point. I'm going somewhere with this, all right? See, what you, what you are perpetually pursuing, it will eventually produce an outcome. You follow me here? What you, what, what you are going after is going to produce some sort of fruit. It could be good. It could be bad. 
So my question to you today is, what are you, what are you pursuing? What, what are you prioritizing? What are you chasing after? Because if you're not careful, it can chase after you. It can. So John chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 5. John chapter 15, verse 5. Jesus. This is red letter stuff, right? So, you know, a lot of times you take a look at the Bible and you're like, yeah, I'm only going to read Jesus' stuff, right? Because it's more important. Well, okay, that's great. But the Bible is all inspired by God, the Spirit, okay? So, therefore, it's all of equal significance. Um, But we're going to look at this red letter stuff today. So, verse 5. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Everybody say nothing. <laughs> nothing good. <laughs> okay? You can, you can do some things, but it won't, be, it won't be according to the kingdom of God. Verse 6. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Okay, so you're like, oh, that's pretty harsh, Jesus. Okay, well, you know, reality. So... Uh, what he's talking about here, though, some people, some, some people make a straight beeline right to hell. Like, uh, if you don't remain in Jesus, you're going straight to hell. Okay, yes, that's true. But, but scholars believe here that, that what Jesus is talking about is, is somewhat of, of, a, of a spiritual essence. Meaning that if you're, if you're not connected to Jesus, your, your works are, might as well be thrown in the fire because there's nothing that good that comes out of them. So verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Everybody say, whatever. That's right, whatever you wish. And it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And you're like, yeah, God, yeah. give me those lotto numbers, baby, yeah. No. <laughs> I hope you win the lottery. Just remember your church. <laughs> but, but, uh, but yeah, he's not talking about that. See, Jesus is very confident that that if you're, if you're in him, if you're remaining in relationship with Jesus, that the things that you ask for are naturally going to be kingdom-minded things. They're going to be good things. They're going to be things possibly for your, your children, your family to come to saving faith in Christ. They're going to be for your church. You're going to pray for your church. You're going to pray for your pastor. Hello. You know? They're going to be good things. You're going to want to serve. You're going you're to want to sacrifice for the kingdom of God, whether it means you're made fun of or you get a hand clap for it. See, this text is, is very interesting to me because it's called a, a mashal. Everybody say mashal. So what that is, is it's like a parable, right? So you see a lot of parables in the scriptures, but a mashal is, is, is an extended form of a parable. And there's only two of them in the book of John, right? The one about the good shepherd and this one here about the vine. And what it simply means is, see, parables, they only have one point. But mashals, they have many different points. So it's an extended form of a parable. So you learned something today. How about that? So the power of words. He uses this, this word here, this message to his followers before he, before he goes to the cross and it's interesting because I was doing a little context on this, and, and I, I'm like, where, where was he? What was going on? What's happening here? You know, I, I like to be one of those very analytical people when it comes to the scriptures. And so, so he was on the, the Mount of Olives, and, and his disciples were with him. And I'm looking around at other verses that, that were built around this, like what, what was before it, what was after it, what was happening here. And I found something really interesting that I could relate to. I know you're going to love this because I know you can relate to it too. Because remaining in, in Jesus is is 
It, it's, it's so simplistic, but it's so difficult at the same time. And some of y'all get that. And see, what, what happened here, what happened here when Jesus was, was preaching this, right before that, I was looking at my chronological Bible, and right before that, like Jesus was, was talking with Peter, and they were having this discourse, and Peter was like, Peter was like, man, Jesus, basically, you're the bomb. You know, I'll die for you. I'll, I'll give my life for you. And Jesus was like, Peter, you're going to deny me three times, buddy. Before, in fact, before the rooster crows. I'm sorry, Peter, but you, you're, you're going you're gonna to fall away from me for a minute. Peter's like, no, I'm not, Jesus. I will die for you right now, man. I will go all the way with you. Jesus is like, no. Actually, you won't. And then he goes into this, and he talks about, how you need to remain in me, and if you're not, you're going to be thrown into the fire, and your works are no good. It's like, well, Jesus is saying, Peter, you're going to, you're going to fall away, and then, and then he's saying, here, you need to remain. So, so how, do we, how, do we, how do we bridge that gap, that, that conflict right there? Because that happens with us so much. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, man, I don't even feel like a Christian today. <laughs> and your wife's like, I know, I heard what you just said. <laughs> You know, we have that, that conflict. Sometimes, sometimes you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't think or believe that, that the Holy Spirit lives in you, that God even exists sometimes because of the problems you go through, like the things that come after you, evil in the world. Maybe, maybe, someone, maybe you've been doing a lot of good things lately, and all of a sudden, you know, you lose your job, and you're like, what in the heck? Like, I was doing good. Maybe a relationship crashed and burned. I don't know what it is, but there's this, there's this conflict where, where we're supposed to trust and remain in Christ and depend on him for our, our understanding, the love that comes from him. But at the same time, sometimes we don't feel it. Can you relate to that? Amen. I'm here to tell you he's there. But see, here's the point I want to make. And if you don't remember anything else, remember this. Remaining isn't about performance. It's about position. See, Jesus was trying to say, you need to, I'm, I'm the vine, you're the branches, right? So, so you got this metaphor of this vine, right? This vine going, and the branches that are coming off of it, and fruit that comes forth off of that, right? So, so he's saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You got to stay connected to me. You got to remain in me. You got to, some, some references say, you got to abide in me to bear fruit, to rest. See, it's position. The branches position in the vine. All you got to do is just be there. You just got to be. You just got to rest in it, knowing that you're attached to something greater than yourself, the vine, Jesus. It's as simplistic as that, but a lot of times, see, our emotions and our feelings get in the way, and we're like, I don't feel attached to Jesus. I don't feel it. God, you're supposed to be for me. Why is this happening against me? Maybe you're stuck in a rut, something that you feel like you can't control. I don't know. See, Jesus is the constant. He's the thing that's, that's always there. And all we have to do is, is rest in it. My son Drew, right, we were, um, we, um, I, I got back from a trip. I've been gone most of the week last week, and, and I missed one of his baseball games, and I, I missed a couple of the games, Caleb's game too, and and uh, and so 
So uh, we were, the, the other two kids and my wife were, were somewhere else, and I, I just had Drew. So I'm like, Drew, man, what, look, we, we got some time, man. What do you want to do, you know? And I was like, how about some ice cream? <laughs> and uh, he's like, yeah, daddy. <laughs> so we, we, went, we, went to, we went to Topper's Ice Cream, and he got one of those dirt and worms things, you know. It's like, you know, gummy worms and Oreo cookies and ice cream. And I'm like, that is disgusting, man. How are you eating that? But he loved it. So, so we're sitting there, right, and, 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 and I'm, I'm thinking of all these things i got to accomplish, right? I'm thinking of all these things. All these things are going in my mind while I'm trying to spend time with my son. And I'm like, man, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like you know, looking on my phone, I'm like, i got to do that, i got to do that. And I'm like, oh, what am I doing? Like, I just need to enjoy this moment. I just need to rest in the moment that I have with my son now because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't come often. Our lives are very fast and very busy for very good reasons. It's not a negative thing. But I was like, you know, some, I, I was like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm here with him, but not really here. So I'm like, I got to turn that switch off, and I just need to be here. So I, I put my phone aside, put it in my pocket, and I'm like, uh, I'm going to give it, this is me and Drew time, you know? And, and sometimes, sometimes that happens with us when it comes to resting in Jesus. Like, like, like we're there, but, but we're not really there, you know what I mean? Like, like we, we're not really sure. Is the Holy Spirit inside me? Like, is he, is he really there? Is he really working in my life? Is all that stuff that the Bible talks about, about Jesus, is it really real? And sometimes we get this mindset that, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not really, I'm, it's, it's, it's just whatever, right? I want to take you to some scripture. I want to take you to some scripture in 1 John. Everybody say, 1 John. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to be good. Come on, this is going to be good. All right, 1 John chapter 4. This is how we know, okay, this is how we know. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and he has seen and testified, I'm sorry, and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. This is the concept of remaining, of resting. And let me tell you, the position that John is writing this from like, he was an eyewitness. Like, he saw Jesus. He lived among Jesus. He heard his teachings. He saw the guy go to the cross. He was the one disciple that was actually there at the bottom of the cross. And he lived among him. He, he felt the weight of Jesus' ministry. He saw Jesus take upon the sin of the world on the cross. And then he was the guy that ran to the tomb when he heard that that Jesus wasn't there. And he, he, he got on a foot race with Peter. This guy was there. He's writing from the perspective of an eyewitness account of, of something that he saw, not something that someone told him, but something that he experienced, something that he saw. And he's saying, this is how we know. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us and he gave it us, that he gave us his spirit because we have seen and testified. You saw it. It's been passed down through the ages through scripture writing. It's the real deal. Everybody say it's the real deal. See, now you believe. <laughs> I wish it was that easy. <laughs> so Peter. Peter, right? Let's go back to Peter. Peter's awesome. You know, what, what, what Jesus said about Peter that he was going to deny him actually happened. The pressure, the pressure came. The heat had a rose in Jesus' ministry, and it was time for him to go to the cross. And so 
Peter ducked out. And he actually denied him three times because people came up to him and were like, hey, aren't you that dude's follower? Like, hey, don't you belong to him? Hey, aren't you the guy? And he's like, no, nope, nope. <laughs> Cock-a-doo-doo-doo. <laughs> Told you. He felt, felt horrible. I can only imagine the shame and the guilt that he felt from being in that place, and Jesus predicted it. And see, that's the problem with us. We have the same problem. That nasty three-letter word, sin. It's hereditary. All the way from the beginning. We have the same problem. We, we fail. We fail. We fail. And we, get, we take on this guilt, this shame, this thing. But it's okay. It's not okay to sin. But it's okay because, you know what, Jesus, Jesus substituted himself in our place for all that. And what that means is that you don't have to carry the guilt and shame because it landed on his shoulders on the cross. Amen? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that this morning. That's right. He substituted himself. That's why it's not about performance because we can't do anything good to earn the salvation, to earn his favor upon us. It's all, it's all, it's all built upon what Jesus did, what Christ did. God sent him. He came, he died, went back up, the Spirit came out, lives in us. That's how we know, amen? Amen, that's how we know. Let me take this thing a step further. Let me take this a step further. See, interestingly enough, this idea of, of God, he's a gardener, right? Jesus is the vine. See, what Jesus was doing here was he was talking and teaching people with a, a a Jewish history, a Jewish background, and, and Jews, and, and he was teaching this, and he was saying that I'm the vine. Well, they would have thought that was very interesting because who was, who was originally thought of as a vine was Israel. So what Jesus is essentially saying here is that, you know what, uh, Israel, you, you're, you're, you're no longer the vine. I'm the mediator between God and man. I'm the guy. I'm the vine now. Just attach yourself to me. Remain in me. Rest and what I'm about to do on the cross, and that's all you got to do. Ma Matthew chapter 11, my yoke is easy, it's light, rest, rest. Ephesians chapter 2, I love this. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul writes this, and he says this, in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, he says, For we are his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. See, what that means is that, you know, God already laid it out that you're going to produce some good fruit, that you're going to have good things. But you know what? They come from being in Christ, from your position, not your performance and trying to gain his favor. Remaining isn't about performance. It's about position. It's about position. See, there's a lot around this position, though. Because, see, if we're going to bear good fruit, we got to be around good people, attached to the vine, right? What I'm about to say is, is, that, is that, see these people that are beside you? Come on, look around. Look to your right. Look to your left. Look, look behind you, right? Hopefully, y'all are producing good fruit. Some of y'all might have bad fruit. That's okay. I've had bad fruit, too, a whole bunch of it. But see, you got to be around good, 
good people. You got to be around other Christ followers. So your spiritual success is only as good or as strong as your surrounding support network. That's right. That's why you see these things coming out, right, about community groups. We're launching soon. We got some groups going right now, but we're going to launch out a, a, a set of community groups. And it's going to be so easy. Like, if you want to be a group leader or a host home, um, you know, e- email us. Uh, come see one of the leaders here. It's going to be so easy. We're, we're going to train our group leaders to, to simply be Christ-centered people in the midst of a group, right? Which means that, that they're going to encourage you, that they're going to be leaders, that they're going to speak the gospel into your life, they're going to encourage you. But you know what? You don't have to study the Bible. If you want to study the Bible, that's great. Study the Bible. If you want to do a focus group or a topic group, that's great. Do that. But if you want to golf, go golf with a group. Have a Christ-centered leader around you. Do things for God's glory. If you want to have a video game group, have a video game group. I don't know. If you want if you want to have a women, if you, if, if you want to have a baking group or a cooking group, have a baking group. But, but see, it's so important for us to just simply rest and be around other people because, see, the, the, the fruit that you hang out with is the same fruit that you might become. You see that? See, being attached to the vine is so much more than just being attached to Jesus. It's being attached to a good church. It's being attached to good people. Yeah, we're supposed to be missional and go out and reach people. All right, but how are you going to do that if you're producing bad fruit? It ain't going to be right, amen? <laughs> so you got to be, you got to have a good support network, a constant support system. You know, one of the things that I believe that, that Jesus was saying here was that you got to have a constant. You got to have something, you got to have something that's, that, that, that's solid. And that's what he's trying to say is that that's me. Jesus was saying that's me. I'm the constant. I'm the one that's never changing. Jesus was saying, rest in me, and you'll produce much fruit. That's the fruit that, that Paul was talking about. We're created in Christ Jesus from long ago to do good works, to produce this fruit, this fruit that will last. And remember what John says? He says it's this fruit that gives witness to who you are. And it's this fruit that gives glory to the Father. See, the things that you do give glory to God. Stand to your feet if you would. Jesus is the vine. He's the source of life and everything that comes from, comes from Him is life-giving. So if you can just remain, if you can just be attached to Jesus, and just rest in the simplistic nature of, of that you're chosen, you're redeemed, you're called according to his plan for good works. That's it. You rest in the power of the gospel that Jesus came and he died to set you free and give you life and transform you. There's nothing that we can do. It's everything that he did by substituting his life for ours where we should be hanging on the cross and not him. And the power of the resurrection, when Jesus came out of that grave, he he showed everybody, the whole world, that he could conquer sin and death. And what that means is that same power is, is, is for you and for me. If you're dealing with something this morning that you feel like you can't conquer, that you can't get over, the power of the resurrection is for you. You rely on that. You ask God to change you, to transform you, to take this thing, cast it out away from you in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. He'll do it. Come on, put your hands together about that because he's, he's done it for me. He's done it for some of you and he'll keep doing it until he comes back. Amen.
Amen. One more thing. Let's go, one more thing. This is beautiful. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Paul says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Now watch here. This is what you want, right? This is what you want. You want love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it might not come immediately. I'm here to tell you it'll come. It might take a while. But God will begin to produce that fruit in you if you just say, here I am. Take me. Come on, say, here I am. Say it one more time. Say, here I am. One more time. Here I am. Let us worship together. Amen. Give him a shout of praise.